Begin the current daf. Instead of become a daf tzadi dalad. Begin on the bottom of daf tzamid gimel mebeis, eight lines up from the bottom of the yamet, where the gemara continues with discussion of the previous daf, and that is on the previous daf. Our gemara opened up with the ninth parak of Masechet Babakama, a parak Hagozel Eitzim, which begins speaking about the kinyanim of Gezela, the acquisitions, how a thief acquires what he stole, and then obviously he's liable for what was Kishas Gezela at the time that he stole it, how much it was worth he has to compensate, which is one of the mazikin uh, type of damages when someone steals something from somebody else, but what it increases afterwards is his own gain. Now, the Gemara had made a dig where it discussed that it seems like only if someone steals wood and turns it into a kli, or takes wool and turns it into a garment, that would be a kinyan gizela, and then it would be mishalm gishas gizela, because it changed. But a stage beforehand, let's say just whitening, cleaning, laundering the wool, or just planing, shaping, and smoothing out the wood, that wouldn't be a change. And that's what the Gemara discussed, similarly contradiction with the b'risa. Now, one of the elements that was introduced Actually, Machlik is a Bayan and Rava, which will continue into the discussion of, of the current daf, is regarding the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, where there seems to be a contradiction between him and the Rabbanan in regards to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, where Abai said that yes, it's a Machlik is between them, and that's the two different Tanoic sources that we have, where Abai explains that Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda holds in Rabbi Shimon that Shinu bim medis, a change is not a Kenyan for Gizela, it remains as it is. In contrast to the Rabbana, who hold that, know that a Shinui, even according to Rabbi Shimon, would be kind of. Now, in Rava, as we'll see, even in today's daf, he holds that a Shinui is a Kenyan, but in the case of Rabbi Shimon, Yehuda in Rabbi Shimon was different because even if Libun would be a Kenyan, which is just laundering, but dying, although that would seem to be more of a change, actually not, because since you can get rid of it with some type of cleaning agent, hence it's a shinoi that's chayz lebriyase, it's not really a complete shinoi, and that's why it's not going to be a change, whereas even Rav Shimon agrees by a dye of, let's say, kala ilum, which is a full-fledged dye, that then, since you can't remove that, that would be considered a shinoi, and that would be a kin. That's the machlik is in Rava, in this interpretation of Rav Shimon Yehuda's opinion. Now, on that theme, Omar Bay, he says, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Ubei Shammai, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Shimon ben Laza, Rabbi Shmuel, all these five Tanoi opinions, Kulu Sviru Luhu, they all hold Shinu bim Koyim Oymed. That a change in an object has it remain in its original status. In other words, it doesn't remove it from the first owners, even though it's changing. Which, as Tesis points out, that obviously it's not that they all are saying the same thing. Because obviously there are opinions, as Tesis brings where Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda would agree would be considered a shinui in the gufat semer in the object, and that, therefore that would be a kinyan. It's just that they're all saying the, the, uh, along the same lines, which many times in the Shas, there's going to be differences, but the conceptual ideas that they're illustrating, more than other opinions, is that a regular change will remain in its place unless there are extreme types of changes that would be a kinyan. So, so Rabbi explains these five opinions. Shimon Yehuda, Hadamar, that's what we said on the previous stuff regarding the halacha of dying, where Shimon Yehuda explained the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that that's not a shinui, and therefore, even if let's say he sheared the first wool of his animals, which the halacha of Risha gaze, and he dyed it, that's not considered a shinui, and that will combine with the other animals to have to give, to combine to the amount that you need to have a five animals together to give it to the kain. Bishamimai, he was the opinion of Bishamimai, the time that we learned the Braisa. If a man has relations with a zayna, and then he gives her to pay her for her services, he gives her wheat with what's this called the esnan, which the term the Torah uses for the gift of the zayna. So he gives her wheat. Now, the, the esnan zayna, as the Torah says, is forbidden to be used as a carbon 
to get on as a mezbeach in front of Hashem. Now, but the woman goes, she takes the wheat, vasan sailor, she turns it into flour. Well, let's say he gives her zaysim olives, vasan shemin, and she turns it into oil. Anav vasan yain, he gives her grapes, and she turns it into wine. So it says the Gemara, Tanachada Asa, we're learning one braisa that that, what, that, product that she changed it into is going to be forbidden to be brought in the Mizbeach. But and another Bryce says that it's going to be permitted. Now, said that Tani Gurion, as we continue to have a Tzadidalamanav, the Gurion from this place called Aspirik, he explained that it's not a difficulty, it's a Machlekes. Bishami Eisen, the Bryce that says it's forbidden to be brought in the Mizbeach is going like Bishami, again, because he's of the opinion, as we're explaining, although she changed it, that doesn't remove it from his original status, which is an Esnan Zaina. Bishal says it's permitted. Now, the Gemara explains, my time to Bishami, what's the reason Bishami that he holds in this situation that we're going to define that although she changed it, it's going to retain its status of an Esnan Zaina, which that's something that's disgusting to be brought as a carbon on Mizbeach. Because the passage says in the Varm, when it talks about these two different types of what's called the Esnan Zayna and the Mechir Kelev, which one is exchanged for, for relations with a Zayna, the other one is exchanged for a dog. So the passage says, Gam Shneim, and, and also both of them. What's Gam Shneim? Already said these two things that they're forbidden to be brought as a, as a carbon. What's Gam, which is a, a, which is a inclusionary term? It's Lorabishinuyehim, to include even if there's deviations in them, even though there's a change, meaning she took the, fl- she took the wheat and turned it into flour, that's still going to be included in the Isra of Esnan Zainu. Ubeisil, but Basil, Amakrahim, the Pussy says them, which is Valoshinuyehim, and not their changes. So therefore, actually, if she does change it, then that will not be Bimkaimeimedis, it will be a, a, a Kenyan, it will change it from what it was, and therefore she could then bring it as a carbon. Now, the Gemara asks, Bishami Hoksivheim, what does Bishami do with the words when it says in the Pasig, Heim, it says, it says there in the Pasig that, that them, Shnehem, it says him, so what is it, according to them, what, what's them? So, Hahumibayali, that you need for something else, which is Heim, Bulay, Bulay, Dasehim, it's for them and, not, and for not their children, meaning the child of let's say, an animal that was given to the Zaina for, the, for that relations, that child of the animal is not going to be included in the Yisr. No, but Abisil, they tell, you know, Tarti Shamimino, you actually learn two things from Haim. Haim Beloshinu Yehim, first of all, them and not their changes, and Haim Belo the same and, not, and them and not their children. So therefore, Abisil holds that the Shinui would remove it from the status of Esna Zaina, and it would be permitted. Now the Gemara Basil Gam, but what does Basil do with the term Gamish name, which seems to be including something else? According to Basil, what's that including? So the Gemara says Gam Basil Kasha. The term Gam is difficult according to Basil. There is no answer for that because what is it? According to Basil, what's being included? They hold only that actual object that was given to her. If you have the child of that thing or or changing that thing, it's already permitted. What's being included from Gam is difficult according to Basil. But one thing we see from Bisham is that they hold Shina bim Aymed regarding this halacha of Esnan Zaina. Now the Gemara continues the third opinion, Belezim and Yaakov Mahi. What, where do we see he holds Shina bim Kaimi Aymed? Says the Gemara, the time of the Brisa. Belezim and Yaakov Aymed, he says, Harisha Gazal Sashachit. If someone steals a saw, which is a certain measurement of wheat, now Tachana, he grinds it, Lasha, he then kneads it into a dough, Vafa, and then he bakes this, Vehefish Menachal, and then he separates, as someone does when, when they bake Chal, you have to separate from the dough. Chala, which goes to the kain, or if there's none, it's burnt. Ketzad mevarach. So, says Rebbe Yaakov, how's he going to make a blessing, which you're supposed to do when you are mafresh chala? In the mevarach That's not blessing Hashem, that's blasphemy. 
And this it says the Pasuk in Tehillim, someone who steals, and then blesses, needs Hashem, is blaspheming Hashem. What are you doing? You're blessing me with this? How can you do that with this is the things that you stole, which is going against exactly what I told you. One thing we see is that although the person who stole made all these changes into it, grinding it and kneading it and then baking it, still we view it as the object that was stolen, and that's because although there was a shinoi, it's been kaimayimit. Next opinion, the fourth opinion, Rabshim Melazamahi, where do we see he says the same I did? This rule is what Rabshim Melazah said. Any increase that the, fat, that the thief made in the thing that he stole, he has the upper hand, meaning, if he wants, he could take his increase, meaning to say, and then pay up the value of what he stole meaning sands besides the increase. Or once he could give him back the thing and say, here, this is for you, you could take the thing that I stole from you. Now the Gemara first asks, my comma, what exactly is he saying? He's talking about the increase when he, when he made it worth more. The, the terminology, here behold, this is yours in front of you, that terminology is generally only when he would weaken it or decrease the value than what it, what it used to be, that he could say, Okay, it's still visibly as exactly as it was. So take it back even though it's weakened. What is it, what, how does it pertain to say when he actually even made it better? So Mavsheshis, he says, So rather this order of is saying, If he increased the value, he takes the increase. And that's because he made it better. But if he made it weaker, if he, if he lessened its value, let's say it was a robust animal when he got it, and now he just didn't feed it for weeks on end, so then he could say, but it's still the same animal. Behold, is yours, it's in front of you. Why? Because he holds that a change stays the same. In other words, it's not considered as if it was a Kenyan for the Gazan that he acquired it and then he owed it from that time. No, I never acquired it. I just have to give you back what's yours and therefore take it. Now the Gemara fine. So you see, according to that interpretation, Rishim loves the whole shinim kaim aimed. But ihach, if that's the case, afilash bechnami. Then even if he increased the value, why did we say that he gets to keep it? Why? Just like when he lessens it, it's not. It's not his. It was always that person's. I, I never acquired it. So therefore, even if he made it better, he never acquired it. Why does he get to keep the shvach? Somebody said that's takana That's a rabbinic takana because of those to repent if. The guy stole something, and for a year he held on to the thing that he stole, and he made it, he increased it, he made a whole empire out of that. If he's going to have to give it back, so then he's going to lose everything, he's not going to want to repent. So because of the institution of repentance, therefore they said the shvach that he made he could keep, and he just has to give back the value of what it was when he stole, but we see that from the fact that he got less, that he doesn't have to compensate, it's, we see that he holds shinu b'mkremi now the fifth opinion, Rabbi Shmuel Mahi, what's this of Rabbi Shmuel, again, that he holds the same idea, Shinim Mkwema Eimit, says the Gemara, the Tanakh, Linda Braisa, Mitzvah's Peya, Lahafresh Ma'akama, the primary mitzvah of Peya, which one of the Matnas Anim, there's many different gifts to the poor that the Torah mandates, one of them is Halacha of Peya, which is that you leave over the corner of the field, so the primary mitzvah is when it's the standing grain, because as the passing of Yerkeh says, you should not, if, you should not finish off the corner of your field to cut it down, to reap it, that's when this standing grain, that's the primary mitzvah of Now, let's say you didn't separate it from when it was standing grain. In other words, you, you did, you cut off all the, all the stalks in your field, so then so then you have to separate the, the, what was supposed to be the corner of the field, that amount, from the bundles that you already bundled it up. 
Now, if you didn't separate in pay even when it was still in the bundles, so so then you separate from the pile which you piled all the bundles into, uh, and, and you put in all the all the stalks, actually until you didn't smooth the pile. Now, but if you already even smooth the pile, which is one of the processes that they do when they finish off the the reaping of the grain, that meruach is the completion of the processing of the grain for the halacha of meiser. In other words, the meiser is mechuyiv, the, the halacha of giving over tithe from one's produce, begins when you do that smoothing of the pile. So at that point in time, says the b'raitza, therefore ma'aser, first you have to go ahead and take off all your meisers, meiser rishon, meiser sheni, or meiser ani, whichever year it is, and then and then you give the payah to the poor person that he shouldn't lose out, because once it already was Meruach, whoever's going to take from this, including the poor person, he's going to have to take off, he's going to have to lose by giving off the Meisus. So first, the obligation is that the homeowner has to go ahead and take off Meisus and then give the payer to the poor people that they shouldn't lose. Now, the reason being is because if he would give it to the poor people before he did this moving of the pile, even if, let's say, the poor person himself would put together all the leket, shikha, payah, all the different things, the gifts that he gets from a person's field, and he would make a pile out of it, he would still be exempt from Meisus because it's Hefker. Hefker is not Mechoyev and Meisus. But now that it was smoothed out in the hand of the Balabais, it became obligated Maisa, as the Gemara says in Brachas of Memebeis, that even like a chick of pay, if you made a garin out of it, you made it into this whole pile, then it became designated in the obligation of Maisa. That's the town of Kama. Meshumi Bishmolam, in the name of Bishmol, they said that Af Mafesh Minho Isa, that you could even, and you would have to even separate Peya, even if you already turned it into dough, if you didn't yet take off Peya from it, and then, and then you give it to the poor person. Now, whereas according to Hanukkah, we see that it, he only said it up until you're smoothing out the pile. But from dough, you wouldn't separate paya. The reason being is because the Hanukkah holds that you already acquired it with shinoi. And therefore, although you still didn't give your paya, but there's, this is what's called mamash in le'tayvim. There's no claimants to the money because you could say, I wouldn't give it to you, I would give it to you, I'd give it to you. Who knows which poor person I would give it to? There's no one could take me to court. Now, but up until now, when there was just threshing, that didn't change it. Their grain was still what it was. It was still the same edible food. It was still the same kernel. And then up until that point, they held, okay, you didn't take pay, take pay, take pay. But then after that, once you started grinding, then there's no, then there's already kind of machine. Whereas according to Bishmol, we see what? We see the shinimim kaimim aimed that no, even though you did all these changes, you turned it into dough, it still retains its halachic status of paya, and therefore even at that point you would still have to separate paya. Those are the five opinions, says Abayah, that we see the same halachic concept, although maybe with some changes, of shinimim kaimim aimed. Now on that, only Rapabala Abayah. Rapabala asked Nabayah, says, Ichvul kolhani tanoi. You went through all the effort and toil to gather together all these Tanoim, Lashmini Kibeshamai, to teach Ahalachalik Bishamai. One of the five was taught from Gurian Dimas Boyrik that Bishamai holds Shinim Kamiyamit, but Basil disagrees. We know that Allah falls like Basil. So what are you bringing together all these different Tanoim saying like Bishamai? We anyway don't paskin like that. So why are you why are you gathering them all together? So Malay Sabai said Papa no Hokikami, this is what we said. That no, that Bisham Yisrael do not disagree with this. In other words, only Gurian held that Bisham says Aser, and Yisrael holds Mutter. But these opinions hold, and that's why I'm putting them together, that actually it wasn't Machlikis Bisham Yisrael, and that everyone agrees to what was quoted in the name Bisham even Yisrael, the Shinim of Koyim Yisrael. Now, but Amar Rav, Rav says, regarding all these five Tanayim that Abayah put together, Ask Rava, Mimai, 
from where do you know that they hold of this halachic concept of Shinim and Kaim says, I could prove to you by each one of these five that not necessarily do they hold that and that the halachas that they were saying in were exceptions to the rule, as he explains. Maybe over there, let's say starting from number one. The only said over there, this halach of Shinim by Reish's Agez, and this is what we mentioned in the beginning of the daf, that this was similar to the Machlik Zabai and Rava on the, on the previous daf, that maybe only over there did he say by the halach of Reish's Agez that the change will not remove it and therefore it could still combine to have to give it to the Kayan. That's the case of Shinim Yehud over there is where it was dyed. Because you could remove the dye through some type of cleaning agent. And therefore, that's not considered a shinoi. So that's why But a full-fledged shinoi, let's say we said with kala ilan, that if you did it with some indigo, something that's a full-fledged dye that can't be removed, then maybe you would agree that the shinoi would be kind and it wouldn't be mukaymeimet. So to the adkanakami beishame hasam. That when did Bishamay say over there by Esnan Zaina that it's going to retain its Isser of Esnan Zaina even when she changes it into wine or into oil? That's El Ligvaya. That's because what's the halach of Esnan Zaina? That's regarding bringing it as a carbon in front of Hashem. That's Mishim de Imis. That's because it's repulsive, it's disgusting to bring such an act and that payment to bring it as a carbon. But maybe in general, that actually Ashina would be kind of, and it would not be kind of, it wouldn't retain its original status. So too, v'adkan l'kam Rebbe Lezim ben Yaakov hasam el in your bracha. We find Rebbe Lezim ben Yaakov over there where he holds that if you steal the wheat and then you grind it and etc. and you go on, you make chal out of it and you separate it, that you can't make a bracha, that's Meshem Davli Mitzvah That's because you want to do a mitzvah through a process that was made by a sin, by stealing it. That's why you can't. But in general, maybe Yashinu would change it from its original status. And maybe when we find Meshem Lazar who talks about that when someone steals something, and that he weakens the animal, he doesn't feed it for a few days, a few weeks, and then it goes down, it depreciates in value, where he says that he doesn't have to pay, obviously showing us that, which Abayi was trying to attempt to say, that you see that, you say, that he didn't acquire it, and that says, no, that's the That's only by weakening in the animal, because that could come back. You just fatten up the animal, go right back to its robust status that it was, that always was. Therefore, that's not a full-fledged shinui. That's why it's been become That's why you could give it back. But if it was a full-fledged shinui, then he would be responsible for that chashuk, because he would have acquired it with that shinui. And finally, maybe over there, that where he said that you would even have to separate pay even from the dough, seemingly telling us that even though he made all these changes, he didn't acquire it. No, says Rav, maybe that's Elalin Peah. That's only regarding the Allah of, of giving one of the matnas in the name of Peah, because in the parsha of the halacha of Peah, it says the word, leave it over for the poor an extra time. Once in the parsha of Kedoshim Tiyu, it says, and also in the parsha of Shara Kesav, it says, so there's two psukim that say Tazav Isa, you should leave it for the poor people. What do you need it for? Obviously to teach that Ashinu would not acquire over here. But maybe in general that Ashinu would be kind. It's just over here by Paya, where the Torah is telling you, no, 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 you gotta leave it for the poor person. And therefore even from your dough. But maybe in general, again, maybe they all would agree that Shinu bim Kaime would not be Aimedis. Now then Rabbi says, and if you're going to say, okay, so even if let's say Peya was the exception because it said the word Tazab two times, maybe that maybe we should learn out from there and say, okay, just like by Peya, the Allah is that Shino is not Kaina, so too in general, and therefore that would be exactly like what Abai was saying from all these different opinions, that Shinu Mkhaima Imadis. And that says, Rabbi, no, Matnas and Nimashani. 
the gifts to the poor, they're different. They're more severe in their halacha that, yes, maybe Shina really usually would be kinda. It would not be this. But by Manasanim, by the halacha of Peah, there we are going to say that the Shina is not going to remove it from the halacha of Peah. Now, a proof for this is Kedabayur B'yenison. The B'yenison said, the B'yenison asked the following question. It says, My time is what's the reason of Rabbi Shemal? Is it Mishum Shina in the Kaina? Is it because he holds it like Abaya had, had thought to say? Because Shina is not Kaina. And therefore, even by dough, even though you change it all the way to that, it's still Mokhayv and Peya. Or maybe, maybe like Rav wanted to say, that in general, Shina would be Kaina. Here it's because this is an extra term Taziv. So therefore, telling us, no, no, you got to leave it for the poor. Even though you, you did a Shinoi, it's still going to be Mkhaimai Madis. So again, so therefore, Rav is saying that there's no proof to what you're trying to say. Now, the Gemara just asks, But let's see the way Abayah said, or according to that other side of the coin of Rabbi in the question, if you're going to say the reason of Rabbi Shmuel that holds that even from the dough you have to separate Peya, is because he holds that a change is not acquiring for the person, so according to that opinion then, why then does the Torah tell us a second time the word to leave it over, even in general, according to this opinion, Sheen is not kaina. So, of course, you have to separate the pair. Why does it have to say twice the word Tazis? Assume moreover, according to Rabbana, who actually they hold that the, she, that the person is going to be, is going, the Sheen is going to be kaina. He is going to be able to hold on to it. He actually does not have to give it from the, the payer from the dough. It's only when, up until you smooth the pile. So Tazib is the Kazrachman What do they do with that possibly of the extra Tazib where they're, they're actually not learning that halacha? They don't hold it. You've got to leave it over for the poor person. But then what is the extra word Tazib coming to teach us? So again, they both have the same question, but from different, different angles. What are they doing with the extra word Tazib? So I think it says, look at the Tanya. You would need, according to the, to tell us the following halacha as we learned in the Brisa. Hamafkir Karmai, someone declares his vineyard ownerless, which the significance of the halacha is that an ownerless field does not require the, the, the gifts to the poor. Now, but the Hishkim Labaikir, but then he gets up early in the morning before the poor people come to pluck off all his grapes, which they would be able to merit because if they come before him, it's Hafkir, they're allowed to take whatever they want. But he gets up quickly early in the morning and he plucks off the grapes, Ubitsare, and, and he takes and he plucks them off. Says the Brisa, in spite of the fact that it's Hefker, Chayv is going to be liable, Beperet, with that's the equivalent of Leket in the vineyard, Uba'ilis, which those are the grapes that only have one line of strip in the cluster, it doesn't have a whole full cluster, Uba'shikha, which those are, which are were left over, Uba'peya, and the corner of the, of the vineyard, you're going to be liable in all those things, but Upatim and the Maisa, but you're going to be exempt from giving Maisa from the vineyard. Now, as Rashi explains, Although generally Hefker is exempt from all the Matasanim, because it says, Sadcha, Karmacha, it says yours, 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 Dajichai, but when it's not yours, it's Hefker, then it's actually exempt. But that's what we learned from the extra word Taziv, which we had asked, what's that for? Is to teach such a case where, although it's Hefker, you're not going to be Pater. Because ultimately you're going back and you're taking it off yourself. So that tells us that although Hefker is generally Pater from these things, here you're going to be Chayiv even though you are going to be potter from Maisen. The reason being is because all these halachas by Peret, Eilish, Sheikh as Rashi goes through them, says extra word Taziv. In contrast to Maisir, where it doesn't say an extra time, Taziv doesn't teach us this halacha of that you got to leave it over because even though you're mafka, but you're going back and you're taking it off again, so that's a little bit really not, leave, that's not really a full fatafka because you're taking it. So by those things, by Peret and Eilish and Sheikh and Peya, there you're going to have to set aside 
and give it to the poor people because of Tazi Yaseri in contrast to Maisa. That's what the halacha of Tazi is teaching according to those who don't use it to teach us this halacha of, le- of, taking, of, of leaving it off for the poor even after a Shinoi that would be Kaina. But ultimately that was the point of Rava that was disproving the, 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 the requirement of saying the way Abayi said it that it must be that these five hold that Shin Kremen He says, no, it could be they hold Shin generally would be a Kenyan. But in these situations, for the reasons that Rava exp- illustrated, would be the exceptions. Now, the Gemara mentions regarding one of these opinions that, we, that was brought by Abaya, Amr Abihud Mishmul, he says, which that was the halacha that he said about if a person steals an animal and he weakens it, that he could give it back as it is. He could say, Harishal Chalavanecha even though it's in a weakened and a, and a depreciated value. Now, on this halacha, the Gemara asks, Did Shmuel really say this? This is Rabbi Huda saying the name of Shmuel. The halacha is like, On that asks the Gemara, but Shmuel, Shmuel says, and this is brought in the first paragraph of Yeralf Menalaf, regarding halacha, which is called Baile Metablin Benevela, which is when, let's say, a person has his ox that falls into a pit, where we say that the mazik only has to pay the difference. In other words, the nizik has to take the carcass, and that, let's say it's worth 100 out of the 1,000 that it was worth, he has to use that as the 100. And on that, the, 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 the mazik has to give the only remaining 900. Now, regarding that halacha, Shmuel said that ain't shaman, that halacha does not apply, evaluating the nevela, which that goes to the, to the nizik, to the victim. We do not do that not for a thief or a robber, only for halachas of damages whereby nizakin that's where you evaluate the carcass for the nizik and then the mazik has to add on to complement the supplement the difference but by ganavagazim let's say they steal an animal and it dies or gets weakened then we don't evaluate the nevela rather that belongs to the ganavagazim and they have to give back a full-fledged animal to the one that they stole from so obviously you see that shinu would be kinda which seems to contradict what we just said, that Shmuel says, who seemingly was saying that Shinoi is not kainah. And that's why you can give back as it is, although there was a change from being robust to being weakened. So the Gemara explains. Bishleim Amar, which is referring to this Machlikis of Mayan Rabbah we just mentioned before, that he says, When did Bishleim say over there that Shinoi is not kainah? That's the exception to the rule. That's because it's talking about Chasha the Hada. It's talking about weakening the animal. You just didn't feed it, but that could come back. You could just fatten it up again. So therefore, like Kasha, according to Rava, the halachas of Shmuel are not contradictory. Because Kikama, when did Shmuel say halacha that the Shino that a Shino will remain as it is, it's not a Kenyan. That's by Kasha, the Hada, like Rava had explained that halacha, it's talking about that it's only by weakening an animal where that can come back. So yes, that's not a Shino to be kind of. But but when Shmuel said over there that that we do not evaluate for the Ganem Gazlan, and rather only for Nezakin, meaning to say that when it dies, that we say that he has to give back a full-fledged animal and we don't evaluate the, what was left over, the animal that got weakened or died, obviously saying that Shinu is kind of for the Ganem Gazlan. That's by That's by something that weakening of the animal, which doesn't come back. For example, if it died, or if the leg broke. That's not like where it became lean and then you could make it fat again. So, therefore, that, that, that resolves that contradiction. 
But that he said that when Rabbi Shemlaz said his halach of Shinim Bimkoyim Oimid, that Shin is not a Kenyan, that he was saying in a more absolute term. That's by Koshud Lahada Karma. That's even by a weakening which doesn't come back, because that was what Abai was trying to say that all these five Tanom hold Shinim Bimkoyim Oimid. No, Shin is not a Kenyan. Shin does not change its status, it remains as is. So Michael Mema, how are we going to resolve that with the other halacha of Shmuel, where he says that Ain Shaman Legalim Begalim, we do not evaluate, which means to say that we can't say that. The, 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 the one that he stole from is stuck with his animal that's dead and he just has to supplement. We say, no, no, no. He has to give him a brand new animal. Why? Because you acquired the animal. That Shina is, makes it yours. So obviously Shina is a Kenyan. So how could Shmuel then say, Allah is like a Shimon the laws of old Shina is not a Kenyan? So on that, the Gemara answers, Abaya Masni actually teaches the halacha that when it said Amr Vihudam Shmuel, it wasn't what Shmuel's own halacha was. Rather, as we continue Talmud Beis, Shmuel said that Amru, that there are those who say halacha kibshim in that halacha is like kibshim in But explains the Gemara, but Valelo is But Shmuel himself does not hold like that because he holds actually Shinu is a Kenyan for Galim Gazan, and therefore he cannot hold like kibshim in Who holds Shinu Mekayme Aymed that Shinu is not a Kenyan. Now, going back to the discussion before, Omer B'chir Abba Omer B'yechanon, he says, Dvat Taira, according to biblical law, Gzelahan Nishtanis, when someone has a theft that was changed from what it was when he stole it, Chayzeres Be'neha, really, according to biblical law, you could give it back as it is right now, even if he increased its value, because Shin is not kind of, changing something that you stole does not make it yours. Shinem, like it says, a puzzle in Be'yikra, Says, you should return the, the, the theft which you stole. In all situations, whatever you stole, you made it better, you made it worse, doesn't make a difference, you got to give it back as it is. Now, and if you're going to say, well, what's, what are you going to do with the Allah of our Mishnah? Our Mishnah said that when a person steals wood and turns it into a keli, doesn't pay back the keli itself, rather the monetary value of the wood that he stole. Obviously, our Mishnah says that Shinu is a Kenyan. So how could Rabbi Yechon say that Allah is, that Shinu is not a Kenyan? That says Rabbi Yechanan, that's Mishim Takan That's only because of rabbinic institution to allow those to repent. Meaning, because, yes, biblical law is that you got to give back whatever it is. But rabbinically, if I'm going to make this, the wood that I stole, I'm going to make it into this beautiful vessel which is worth a thousand times more than what it was when it was stolen, a person might not want to repent. So, because of that, they said, okay, you only got to give back the value of the wood that you stole. But according to biblical law, actually, it would be that Shinui would not be a king. Now this the Gemara asked, did Rabbi Yechon really just say what we quoted? But it says, Mishnah is like an anonymous Mishnah, meaning Rabbi Yudan Nasi specifically did not quote who it is because he wanted to tell you that that's the halacha is like that anonymous Mishnah. Now it's not, we learned an anonymous Mishnah, that says, If a person that sheared his, the, the first wool of his animal, there's a halacha of giving rations. I gave the first shearings to the kain. Now, let's say he didn't get a chance to give it to the kain and he already dyed it. He already changed the color before he gave it to the kain. He's going to be totally exempt. Now, the difficulty, and so that would sound like because of Shina Kaina. Now, that's problematic because Rabbi Yechina obviously agrees to the Stam Mishnah. And Rabbi Yechina says that no, biblically, Shina is not a Kenyan. It's only because of Tarkan Sashavim. But here, there's no Tarkan Sashavim, no repentance. You, you have an obligation of giving the Rishon against the Kenyan. So who cares that you died it? You're not Kenyan with Shinoi. So obviously you see that Shinoi is a Kenyan, even without Tarkan Sashavim. Now, now that, that contradicts what Yechonin said, that Shinoi is not Kenyan, even according to Dvatari, even according to biblical law. 
So Amluhu Ahum de Rabbanon, Rabbi Yaakov Shmei, so one of the rabbis, who his name was Rabbi Yaakov, he responded to the Gemara's question. He said, To me it was explained from Rabbi Yechanan, that Rabbi Yechanan explained the halacha of our Mishnah, it was talking about a specific type of a case, as actually as Abayah had explained in the previous staff, that the person stole already planed, smoothed out wood, and they made it into a keli. Now the significance of this is the that change which you took just a piece of wood and made it into a box, whatever you made it into, is a change where it could go back to its original status of that planed planks. Now it was regarding to that that Rabbi Yechonon said that the reason of the mish- halacha in our Mishnah is because of the Kansashavim, because such a Shinoi is not a Shinoi. Of course, Rabbi Yechon agreed to the Stam Mishnah Masechle Shulun that a real Shinoi is going to be a Kenyan. And therefore, Rabbi Yechon gaze if you died already, which is a real Kenyan, you're not going to have to give it to the Kayan anymore. And it's Momen She'en Le'Tayvim. But the halacha of our Mishnah, which is not a full-fledged Shinoi, because it could go back, that's you got to give it back really according to biblical law. But rabbinically, the reason is because of the Kansashavim, the guy went through the whole effort, he took all this plain wood, yes, I could undo it, it could go back to its original state. But the guy put in a lot of effort and time and money into that, and because of the Kansashavim, that's why the Halakha of our Mishnah said that if he turns it into Kli, he does not have to give it back, to the original owner, he just has to give him the value of the wood, of the planks, of the boards that he stole. A similar discussion, the Gemara brings Tara Banulina Brisa. Hagazlonin umalvi beribish echziru. And this going back to this idea about Takanus Ashavim, we institute certain things so that people should want to repent. So the Brisa says regarding robbers and those who lend money on interest, which are both forbidden things, Shechziru, if they give back the money that they took inappropriately, we do not take back the money from them. And actually, someone that takes the money from them, there's no spirit of wisdom and of piety in that person. The, the sages are not pleased with such a person. Now, Amr B'Yechanan explains, It was in the days of Rebbe that this Tanoic teaching was taught. Because the Tanoic, we learned the Brisa. There was an incident with a certain individual who attempted to do repentance. He, he stole a lot of money, he, whatever it is, a lot of his money was ill-gotten gains, and he wanted to, to repent. So Amalei Ishtis, his wife, told him, Reka, empty one. If you're going to do repentance, even your belt is not yours, you're a thief, you're, everything you have is ill-gotten. So he said, you know what, you're right, how am I going to do a repentance? Everything I have, I'm going to be left with nothing. So he, re- he, re- he refrained and he didn't repent. So it was at that moment that they said, So those who steal and those who lend money and interest, if they want to come to return the money, we do not re- take the money from them, because if we're going to take it, that's going to actually re- refrain them. Because they want to, but we shouldn't take from them. Because if they're going to, if they're going to give, they're actually going to be left with nothing, and they're going to end up having regret, and they're not going to repent. So we don't take from them. And if someone takes money back from them, and the sages are not pleased with such a person. That's where this halacha came from. Now, Meisvei, they asked from the following brayis on this halacha: If a father left over for his children after he passed away monies that were gained from interest, from, from lending people with interest, which is forbidden. 
says the Brisa, even though they know that this is money that the father made from lending money with interest, they do not have to return that money to those borrowers. The reason being is the Pasuk says, he has to return the, the theft which he stole. Now, these people, the inheritors, didn't steal anything because they actually acquired it with what's called Shin Rishus. It was a change of domain because this town holds that the Rishus of a Yerish is like the Rishus of a Likiach, as if, as if they purchased it from their father. That's what, how you view the mechanics of the Allah of inheritance. And it's not them who stole. And they don't have to return it, this ribbis, to the people that it was taken from. Now, ask the Gemara. It sounds like Inuhu Deloy. Only the inheritors don't have to return the money that was made on interest. But the father has to. But you just said before that they don't, that they, they, they don't give it back. Because that's, actually that's going to hold them back from repenting. So on that the Gemara says, no, you're right. Actually their father also does not have to return the money because of Takanas Hashavim. So why do we say it regarding the inheritors if even the father doesn't have to? That's to contrast Mishum the Kabay Lemisne Sefer, because we wanted to learn at the end of that price uh, that said, Let's say the father left over them an inheritance, a cow or a cloak, or anything which is distinct, which is recognizable for the public to say that they know that this item was stolen from that other person and he's leaving over it for his inheritors, that they're actually Chayyav and Lahav, so they would have to return that. That's a specific halacha regarding the inheritors. And that's when they covered Avim, that's because of the dignity of their father, where people are going to be saying, ah, oh, you, your father stole this. And therefore, for that, Zetan Arisha Namibidetu. So that's what the Arisha also said regarding them, that when it's something like ribbons, which is not distinct, it's money, you can't point point and say, but this is that what he got ill-gotten, that they don't have to give back. But even the father wouldn't have to give back. It's just because he wanted to conscience with the Sefer that when it's something distinct that they would have to give back, then that's why the Arisha also said it with them. Now, the Gemara just asks on this halacha that we explained for this b'risa, of the Sefer, what are you telling me, but if it's something distinct, then they have to give it back because of the honor, the dignity of their, of their father who passed away? But Ikri Khan, you should apply the Pasuk in Shemais that says, It says, a prince amongst your people, you shouldn't curse. Which the drasha is, it's only when it's Ba'amcha, which is Ba'isa Ma'isa Amcha, that he does the acts of your nation. Meaning he keeps the Torah and the mitzvahs. This father didn't do Ma'isa Amoy because he's, he was lending on interest. He was stealing whatever it is that he got his ill-gotten gains from. And therefore you don't have to honor him. There's no problem about cursing such a person. So why would they have to return it because of their father? So I think my answer is because I'm Rav Penchas. Similar to what Rav Penchas said in Masech Tzach Gigid of Chavav Aleph, that it was told by B'Sha'asa Tshuva that he repented. Hachanam in B'Sha'asa Tshuva, somewhere the father repented. So therefore, there, he is Isa Ma'isa Amcha when he passed away, and therefore you would have to return his items to protect his dignity. Now the Gemara asks Iyasa Tshuva if he repented, my boygabe. Then what's this? These objects, this, the, the cow that he stole or the, or the cloak that he stole, what's it by him? He should have returned it. You can't be Ma'isa Ma'isa Amcha if you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of Shabbos Gezela. So the Gemara explains Shlehispik Lahachsa Achameis. He didn't get a chance to return until he died. He was he was at the end of his life. He figured he did things wrong. He wanted to right his wrongs. He was Ma'isa Ma'isa Amcha, but he didn't get a chance to return everything. And then he died. That's the halacha that he's Ma'isa Ma'isa Amcha. So because of Kavod Avim, they have to return these distinct items. But the Gemara continues asking on this previous halacha of this brayse that we said that there was this Takanas Hashavim that the person, the Malvi Baribis and the Gazan don't have to return it. So we, as we asked in the previous price, the Gemara is asking Toshima from another price, which seems to indicate that someone would have to return his ill-gotten gains. The price says, Those who rob and those who lend money with interest, 
So the Brisa says, even if they collected, they would have to return it. So the Gemara first asks, Gazlanen, what does it apply for regarding a robber? What does it mean that he collected? In other words, if he stole, he already stole. Meaning he already has it through stealing. If he didn't rob, then he didn't rob. In other words, why are you calling him a gazlan? What does it mean that if he collected? So Ella rather, Ema, the Gemara says, you have to amend the Bryce and say, when the Bryce is saying, Hagazlonen, when it talks about robbers, it ex- it's explaining Umay Niu and what is the robber that we're talking about is Malvi Ribius, which is a type of robbing. It's someone who lends money with interest. And that is what the Bryce is saying, that Afa Pisha Govu, that even though they collected their interest already, Marzirin, they have to return it. And for sure, if they didn't collect, then for sure you tear up the document. So seemingly here you see that the Malvi Ribius, you, they do have to return it. And yet we said in the previous price so that they don't return it because they're also not gonna, it's, it's going to prevent them from repenting. So I mean, they said, it's not a contradiction. Marzirin, you're right. They have to return their interest that they got from the borrower. But they aim a common That doesn't contradict the previous price which says that but we don't receive it from them. So the Gemara asked, Elam Marzirin. So what does it mean that he returns it if we're not even going to take it from him? So the Gemara says, Let's see Shemaim. That he should fulfill his, 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 his heavenly obligation. Meaning, he has to do his and return it. And that will fulfill his, his obligation of a Shabbos But the receiver, the one who was taken from, will not take it. And that's because, so that will help him repent, so that he won't have to lose everything in this process of, of, of being chayis b'tshuva. So the Messiah touched him out, the Messiah asked from another b'raisa. Harayim, shepherds, who they're robbers because they tend to graze their animals in other people's fields, so too v'hagaboyim. These are the the collect the tax collectors of the king who collect the head tax and our nuna tax, and they take really more than what's what's coming, or v'hamoichsin or the custom collectors, who also collect more, and it's from so many people. Chuvas and kasha, their repentance is very difficult because they steal from the rabbim, from the populace, and they don't even know who to return what they had taken from. So therefore, but they have to return to those who they do recognize the theft that they took from. If they recognize that this guy he collected from, or this guy, he, his animal ate from that guy's field, so at least those that he recognized he has to return to. So that contradicts the Allah before. We said the Gazlanin don't have to return because it's not going to help them do tshuva. And here we see that they do have to return it. So I mean, they said, no, the same, the same resolution as we said in the previous question. They return, they have to go ahead to, the, to that guy's field and say, I'm so sorry. My animal, I used to take him into your field and he ate up from your stuff. So the guy says, okay, fine, but I can't take from you. And therefore that will help that guy repent. Now, so then why does he have to give it back? It's lots of it's to fulfill his heavenly obligation. Now, however, on this answer, the Gemara asks, if that's the case, then why does the guy say his repentance is difficult? Why is it difficult? Because he doesn't know everyone? It doesn't make a difference. So that's lots of deshamayim, maybe, but the, uh, the actual halachic obligation, he's not really having a hard repentance because no one's going to take from him anyway. Void, moreover, Amos Sefer, look at the end of that b'risa. It says, V'she'em akir, now let's say they don't recognize who they stole from. These people that took from all the people taxes, um, so many people they stole and they, and they owe them, what should they do? It says, the b'risa, yasem and sarchit sibur, they should do, the, the, they should fulfill the needs of the public. Rav Chizit said an explanation of this b'risa, it refers to b'risa, shikh, and ma'aris, different types of pits, where it would gather water for the public to drink from, which is something that everybody needs, and then even those that were stolen from will benefit and will be some type of a 
compensation for the theft that he stole from them. But one thing that we see from the price is that you do have to return. You've got to find some way, even though it's not an ideal type of returning, you've got to return if you don't recognize who they are. Now that contradicts the, 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 the price that we mentioned before, which said that they don't have to return in the case of Gazlan. So the Gemara says, Eloi Kasha, rather, it's not a difficulty. Because Khan couldn't takana. This price that we're quoting now is talking about before the takana, as we mentioned by Rabbi Yechen before, it was only in the days of Rebbe that Mishnah Zu of not having to return it was, was taught. But this price is talking about before the takana, and therefore that's why, that's why he has to return what he stole. Khan lachar takana. The previous price that we mentioned was talking about after the takana, and there, yes, you don't have to return. We don't accept from the Malvi Baribis and the Gazlan. Another approach to this question, the Gemara says, But now that Rav Nachman actually said an interpretation of the Takana, that that Takana was only only if what was stolen is not around. And only then was, was the Takana of Rabbi that, okay, it doesn't have to return. But if it's around, of course you have to give the item back. So then says the Gemara, Then we could even say that both this Brisa we just quoted and the previous Brisa taught uh, in the beginning of this discussion are both told after the Tekan of Rebbe and still wouldn't be a difficulty. Why? Because as we continue top of Tzadihim and Aleph, Here this last Brisa we quoted that you have to give it back. It's told where the theft is still around. So then you would have to return it. The previous price that we had mentioned that said that you don't have to return is when the theft is not around. That's where Rebbe's Takana was instituted that you don't have to return it. Now that the Gemara asked on this answer, but Va'avneit, the story, the, the belt, which was the whole reason why the whole Takan of Rebbe began, which was why that you don't have to return what was stolen, because the wife told the, the husband, <laughs> what are you going to do, Truva? Even your belt is not yours. The Gzelekai there the theft was around. It was, it was a reference to the object that he stole, which was the belt. So then how can you say that the whole Takan of Rebbe was only with Je'en Gzelekai when that was Gzelekai so the Gemara says, no, that's not difficult. In my Avni, what was the wife telling the husband regarding his belt? It meant Demei Avni, the value of the belt. Of course, regarding the, the Gizela, it was not Kayemis. The thing what was stolen was not around, but he owes so many people monies. That is what was said. That's, that, 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 that's where, in other words, that's where the Takana of Rebbe was made for, that the value of the belt He's gonna have to, he would have had to give him because the, the theft was not around. That's what Rebbe was instituted, that the Gizel is not KMS, then he doesn't have to give that back as in that story. But if it was around, if the actual object that he was wearing, the belt, was what he stole, of course, then he would have to give back the belt. Now the Gemara concludes this discussion by asking, is that really so? That wherever the theft is, is, is around, like we're answering in this last answer the way Rav Nachman is qualifying, that then the Rabban did not make a takana, and then you would have to give back the actual object that was stolen. But Vahabri Marish, but you have the cross beam, the Gzelikayemesi, which that's something which the actual beam that was stolen is still around. Yet Utsna, we learn in Mishnah Masechus Gitin, it says, Alamarish Hagazl Shebeno Babir, regarding a stolen cross beam which was built into a house, into a mansion. The Allah is Shayitul Damov. That the one who was stolen from has to take the value of the beam, but cannot take the actual beam back from the one who stole it. Because of the institution for those who want to repent. Because he's going to have to take out the thing, he's going to have to give it back, he's not going to want to repent. Because he's going to have to, his whole house, the whole mansion is going to be destroyed based on this one beam. So you see that even though the theft is around, they did institute this Takana Sashavim. So I think my answer is Shani Hasam. That Mishnah himself is getting is different. The Kivan Eka Pseid did the beer, because that seems there's going to be a loss for his whole mansion. So Shavu Rabbanikid Alessa. The rabbis considered it as if it's not around. 
because it would be such a loss, it fits into the category of Rebbe, of Rebbe which is when the Gzeel is not Kiyamas, then you don't have to return it. Now, but as Rashi points out, although the Tikkun of Rebbe was, when the Gzeel is not around, you don't even have to compensate it at all, here it's somewhere in the middle, since ultimately the, the item that was stolen is still around, it's there, the beam is there in the building, so therefore you have to at least give the value of the beam back to that individual. But you don't have to take out the whole thing and give it back, because although generally Rebbe's Takana was that when the Gzela is Kayemis, you have to give it back. And when it's not Kayemis, you don't have to give anything back. That was, again, if, if, it's, if, if it's something in, within the range. But here, where it's something so extreme, where the whole building's going to collapse if you take out the beam, so then you don't have to give back the actual object, and it's enough to give him back the value of that beam.